0: I heartily endorse this event or product.
1: Ahoy, ahoy, everybody, and welcome to Talk to the Audience, where this is always death. I am one of your hosts, Bob Mackey, who is here with me today. As always, BB-8's best friend, Henry Gilbert's. And in case you don't know, this is our monthly community podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what's happening in the Simpsons world and in our world. And then we respond to your questions and comments on the last month's worth of episodes. And welcome to the summer.
0: Yeah, summertime is here. It's, it's uh, Yellow Guy game. Summer at yeah. Talking
1: Simpsons Network.
0: <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully you're, you're like a lot of people in America now. And you maybe can even enjoy some stuff in yes. the summer if you're fully vaccinated. As of
1: today, I am now fully vaccinated. Huzzah! Yes. And I watch here without a mask although I indoors and everywhere else I'll put a mask on but it was just so nice to smell the goddamn air yes, again
0: yeah. uh, the CDC told you you could do it Bob, yes so you're, you're safe I have my permission
1: <laughs> slip you know what people said they got emotional upon getting the vaccine I didn't mm-hmm. I just I'm so dead inside I'm just like fine that hurt a little bit whatever <laughs> but when I smelled the nice sea air walking around Berkeley I did get a little teared up Aww. I was like I I've been robbed of my senses for the <laughs> past 15 months
0: you've been breathing your own uh, breath back at yes. you this whole time yeah no i went out you know when i got my second shot i i felt good i listened to like some of my favorite like happy songs to like celebrate like, woo like uh, of course the the fry favorite i'm walking on sunshine <laughs> wow uh, yeah, I I felt pretty good about it. I've been I've been vaxxed for uh, fully vaxxed for the entirety of May, and I I actually did do something to celebrate it too. But hmm. uh, well, I'll I'll just leave that as a tease for the oh, listener okay. for later in this episode. But um, I hope if you're able to get the vaccine that you have been able to, and I hope you don't have say a shitty boss who would never give you a day off or two to go get a shot, or that a
1: shitty something. country that yeah. won't let you get a shot.
0: Yep, yeah, hope uh, hope that's possible. for you, guys you know what the, are those
1: tokyo olympics happening
0: they still seem to be saying they will word a word saying... on the street is
1: that just now they're starting to vaccinate people 65 years and older uh
0: yeah. you got to get on the ball come on japan no and i had uh i i don't think the issue in japan is a lack of, Well, I, I don't know i don't know enough about this but i had heard it wasn't similar to you know there's some other countries where they just don't have a lot of the vaccine but yeah i don't think that's entirely the issue with Japan rollout I I'm not really sure but uh yeah I mean if they want the Olympics they need it now they need everyone vaccinated, right now. They can't
1: push back the Olympics anymore because I want to eventually go back to that country. Yeah.
0: No. Well, and I think today at the time of this recording on May 25th that they like America gave the directive of like don't go to Japan right now. Mm-hmm. Like don't don't travel there. Which I I, can't, I couldn't anyway. Yes. All right. And a
1: friend of the show who does some of the art for the show, uh, Maddie Cop, she is still waiting to go well, to Japan for her uh, job. So yeah,
0: we're we're rooting for you, Maddie. Yes. I know you'll get to be there someday. Um, uh anyway this this month of simpsons it was well there were a couple big ones yeah. but but not uh not a huge number of news stories like lots of other months
1: there was one of the most amazing news stories of all time in terms of simpsons history in that the legendary john Swartzwelder gave his first ever interview with the new yorker via email and he is just as funny as you would think he is
0: mm-hmm. it was really great like i when that popped up in my feed in the morning and then I retweeted it and got honestly a lot of engagement because I was one of the first people to tweet it out. Uh, but like, like I got retweeted by Simpsons writers because they they were in shock. Like I saw Bill Oakley was like, "I cannot believe this happened." Like people who have met John Swartzwelder in person, even they were like, "No way, I can't believe it." It <laughs> it was also funny timing because we had just had a bunch of Swartzwelder talk uh on the episode that posted the week after with tim Kalpakis, because he'd also you know in his time working at gracie had gotten to see john swartzwelder in person he's like the myth the legend right there
1: i did enjoy his comments about uh grimy in that he says he was asking for it and he got it, yeah, he, got it. <laughs> he has no sympathy for frank grimes
0: oh man it was i loved him saying to the like oh you know there's some really hardcore fans of Simpsons sometimes they're outside my window even and i really <laughs> i think too because the interview was via email, he could be as funny in writing as he always is, and he really is. So like, he's confirmed
1: real, and also his Twitter account is actually real, too.
0: I couldn't believe that. Yeah. I was sure that had to be as real as the Dave Chappelle and Bill Murray ones. I mean, even though carolyn omine had told us too that that really was him i still couldn't believe it and but uh, seeing it imprint into the new yorker i couldn't i mm-hmm. couldn't i couldn't accept it still uh but yeah so now if you want to follow the official john Schwartzwalder account it's really just him promoting his books and and i hope he never gets an avatar i want him yes. to reject having an avatar uh, I,
1: I do love uh yeah he's on twitter and of course still writing books so now i'm inspired to read more of those books
0: yeah me too and i i have to say you know so... No. Massive respect from uh, you know, one uh, journalist to another mm-hmm. to Mike Sachs, the, the uh the interviewer and the writer of the piece. He said afterwards it took him uh like 10 years of follow-ups and emails and stuff. Like he'd I think he had said that he had started with getting Swartzwelder's contact info for some comment in an article and for the longest time was pushing him like, please let me interview <laughs> you. Everybody wants to know all these things. I bet
1: Swartzwelder has an AOL address
0: i we've got another simpsons writers with all addresses so i bet he does they locked down that
1: email like in 1996 and they've had it ever since
0: uh and and mike Sachs did the hardcore fan thing of hey i heard this story about you is this true i heard this story about you is this true uh we got those answers Mm -hmm. and and i i like too that he seems both normal more normal than you'd think but also still kind of weird yeah he's he's
1: a fun kook and i love john sportswoldo so please check that out at the new yorker and uh you know it's the best of times and it's the worst of times and Simpsons news because on uh, May 4th, have you heard this pun before? May the 4th be with you. Well, it's Star Wars Day. Yes. And that used to mean something uh, to some people, <laughs> but now this uh, entails that uh, a short was made to promote Star Wars and it's part of the Maggie Shorts collection. Yep. And it was called The, uh, the Force Awakens from Its Nap. Uh, Directed by uh, the great David Silverman. I will say this was not uh, made for me, but uh, I'm trying to be nice about this, but it upset me. Uh, (laughs) And you were in the room when we were watching this. Yeah, we
0: watched it together and I was like, ugh. Yeah, boy, there's that. I mean, okay. I guess, you know, it was it was cute and all, and I you know, I I i really appreciate what Silverman tries to do with two D Simpsons animation that it really can't do anymore. I, yeah. I like that a lot. But yeah, I mean this kind of corporate synergy thing is uh depressing in a way. Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: And I mean uh it does it feels like an ad for Star Wars, which it is. It is. It yeah. is an ad for Star Wars and uh i was upset throughout and then once we got to the end and uh the gracie film logo is there and mickey mouse is in the audience of the gracie films logo i i said fuck you yes
0: yeah, yeah. i said fuck yeah, this yeah. this sucks <laughs> uh now uh, i i read uh, al jean gave a behind the scenes on it and they said that it it all came together in just a, a period of a few months like it was january disney okayed the idea they actually said they wanted to have a grogu appearance in it and they were told no you you can't do that. He's, they're too protective of him, but they could have BB-8 appear. It's the goddamn
1: Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, the BB-8 appearance feel, feels like an ad for BB-8, honestly. Like, oh, it's fun. Mm. They'll team up with Maggie, but... Well, it's a purely on-model uh, BB-8. It's not a
0: Simpsonized BB-8. It's that, just yeah. how BB-8 would appear in anything else.
1: This feels so anti-Simpsons to me. That's what upset me about it in that it just feels like something they were obligated to do or that they happily agreed to do because they couldn't back out of it.
0: You know, the real bring down on it for me was when we watched it over the credits. They had those very funny drawings of the rest of the family doing things in the look. I like seeing, you know, Homer drinking with the Max Rebo band. Yeah. Like that that made me chuckle. Now. I mean, are those easy pops for a star Wars hardcore? Yes, ex- they're, absolutely. They are. But those made me laugh more than just like diaper jokes. Like, yeah. I, I'm just tired of diaper jokes. It was,
1: it's uh, all the jokes were, uh, what if this was that? And I don't even know if this was in the episode or the short, but like, Oh, what if R2D2 was a was a diaper genie? That's pretty funny. Write it down. It's going yeah. in. It just felt like. A bunch of easy jokes and uh i watched it then nina was asking me it's like oh is it just a simpsons in star wars land And i said no that would have been better instead it's <laughs> maggie at a star wars themed daycare that happens to also be real star wars and i feel like this is not the showcase for this kind of uh, satire or parody but uh in 2019 one of the most hated movies of all time came out and that was rise of the skywalker mm. no jokes about that in your simpsons star wars thing uh, not one little tiny joke not uh, even comic book guy showing up to make a little riff on it
0: nope no it's it's your fault for not liking it bob it, it upsets the, me yeah.
1: because i feel like no 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 we have to forget uh, star wars is still good star mm. wars is now all the tv shows you like and maybe there'll be movies again but that movie never happened and maybe it did happen and hey maybe you liked it you can't remember but here's maggie dancing <laughs> around
0: uh maggie remembers why star wars is, i mean it ends with a a joke list, but a but a positive list of like why Star Wars always rules or whatever, yeah. and it's like there's always two sons and there's you know it's it's just it was it was too fluffy definitely yeah. it didn't it it lacked the bite you'd expect from even Simpsons jokes about something loving that like, they love the parody
1: you know? that was too late they did in like two thousand four two thousand five which was Galactic Wars which was just a oh, joke yes, about yeah. Episode one that had way more bite to it uh, like you're <laughs> yes. you're this is this we have gone beyond the era of Simpsons saying Fox. Sucks. They they are totally in Disney's pocket, and I, I, it upsets me because I want them to make jokes at the expense of their owners, and it feels like they're not allowed to do that anymore. No. When you told me they weren't allowed to use Grogu, I was like. You guys are the fucking Simpsons.
0: <laughs> well, you know, they gotta play ball with their yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, when you mentioned Nina's uh asking, like, oh, did they just go to Galaxy's Edge? You know, this Roseanne had to go to Disneyland. Yeah, like all these things. But then they made jokes about them. it being
1: like a secret prison.
0: Sure, sure. That's uh I uh well, Bob, unfortunately you better get used to this because uh Al Jean hints that this is only the oh, beginning and they got a lot more planned. Ooh,
1: what else can they promote for their parent company?
0: Well al jean said you know i'm not saying but i am a pretty big fan of marvel comics and, and al jean isn't i would say al jean oh, uh, no. wasn't pretending to be a giant star wars fanboy because i think he was too old by the time star wars came out he was like in his early 20s so i think he thought he was too cool for it but he like al jean is not faking when he loves spider-man it's and true. old marvel comics he really does it just
1: it's, it's the low-hanging fruit and I, I have sympathy for them because they probably can't say no it's to this and they probably, probably have to not. play b- ball in a very friendly way. But it before I watch this, my thought was like, Oh, what is there? Was there is there pacifier or lightsaber? Of course, it is. Of course, it is. Yes, yeah, of course, yes.
0: Yeah. I I I think David Silverman is trying his best with mandates, and he's you know I, I I respect him so much. He's an animation legend, but yeah, it's uh I mean though too. Hey, think of it this way: would I might prefer this to seeing things like the squad singing a song to Donald Trump? Yes, you know if, yes. I, if if one or the other has to exist,
1: or yeah, any any political shorts just don't do that anymore.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, you know Trump's gone, so they. Don't don't even have to feel the uh for guys like al g they can just say like oh everything's fine now nothing their politics is over again i don't have <laughs> to think about politics or make political comments let's not even
1: mention who the president is yeah it's fine but, but yes i'm sorry uh, for being so negative up front but it did feel like the show i liked is now just the puppet for disney eh,
0: yeah I mean, well, maybe the Marvel one will have a more bite to it, Bob. Oh, let me guess the
1: Infinity Donuts. Oh, no, they'd have to pay a voice actor for that.
0: Yeah, no, no one's going to talk in these, Bob. Yes. uh, I would guess that Baby Gerald will be a Thanos type guy who snaps away the pacifiers and he collects pacifiers that are the colors that are there. You know what? Because
1: of this, it inspired me to actually watch clips of the Family Guy Star Wars parody. (laughs) And I thought this is a million times funnier because they found like this is a platform for discussions about things that happen in star wars that are kind of weird
0: yeah there's actual like good i it's weird to compliment family guy but there actually are good jokes in there i uh unironically i think after watching this i pulled up the clip of stewie being explained the small hole in the flaw (laughs) they're like so i mean do you want to fix it he's like well we can fix it real soon if if price is no option if price is no barrier uh, okay we'll get an estimate i mean we'll estimate.
1: thumb wars had more cutting jokes sure, than those Yeah.
0: no i i do i think george lucas was cooler with being made fun of than disney i also think that like i think as hey, he a lot we all made jokes about him he was a weird guy in the emperor of his own universe for sure but george lucas had a better sense of humor than corporate suits who just say never joke about us yeah never.
1: Never. It would have been a better short if it started with, like, Sideshow Bob has returned somehow or whatever. Yes.
0: The Dead Speaks. Yes. Sideshow Bob is (laughs) right.
1: That movie sucks.
0: Yeah. And we're not Uh, allowed to talk about it anymore. No, I... uh, God, all that shitty shit. Like, oh, General Snoke was actually a bunch of Snokes, and he's alive somehow. You better read a book and figure out why. I
1: enjoyed the first two movies. I'm not even a big Star Wars guy, but because of that third movie, I just never want to see them again. Ever.
0: Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I... I really did like Force Awakens and The Last Jedi. There I absolutely understand critiques of both of those Mm -hmm, movies too. There's lots to critique. But when I saw Rise of Skywalker like it reminded me of seeing one of the prequels of just halfway through. I just started laughing at it because my brain takes it as illegitimate. I'm like, well, this isn't real. Come on. Uh, but, uh, and then, uh, the season 32 ended this, uh, this month as well. The finale just came out. Uh, I watched all three of the episodes. Uh, I'll talk about it later, but I was on a flight this week. And so I, I had an excuse to watch all the new episodes. Uh, the first one was a flash forward one where Lisa decided, Decides to not go to college and it's the best of the three because it actually is about marge and lisa stuff and marge uh future marge is mad that 18 year old lisa is not living the dreams that marge wanted to live through Mm. her and marge actually gets like a really good speech in it uh and then it turns into a sequel to bart to the future it's really weird really okay okay if you don't want to be spoiled then skip ahead a little bit but lisa decides not to go to college uh, which then of course invalidates lisa's wedding but it shows that even though she didn't go to a college she becomes a community activist and teaching kids and that takes her on a travel to the white house eventually 20 years later okay and so lisa becomes president uh designed the same as her president look and Bark to the future except in this future bart is not a loser he is the head of a marijuana distribution company seems so, about right and uh, him and lisa even get high in the white house man it shows how much things have changed from the final joke of that episode being like legalize, legalize it. It. Yeah. yeah uh so that was an okay episode then there's an episode uh, where steven fry is the guest star and he plays an english spy who has been hunting abe simpson for 50 years uh it is a very tortured parody of the third man and uh, it's not that Rate. I think really it counts on Stephen Fry being good at doing multiple different uh, UK accents that it's like would it, okay now, oh Stephen, could you do one from Northern England? How mm. about southern England? Oh, how about Scottish? You know,
1: I love the third man. Great movie. I've read the book. Uh the time for parodies of that has ended. No, that was yes, the nineties, yeah. the last time. <laughs> I've, <laughs> seen, I've seen I've seen I've seen picking the brain parody of it, but I've seen so many other parodies of it.
0: Nobody gets it. Like yeah. we we're the losers who get it and can recognize it and they but they also get very in your it's weird they watch they insert live action pictures from the third man into the movie or into the episode like abe is watching on tv the ending of the third man and it's just the film
1: i don't like that they did that with the uh the kill a mockingbird episode daticus finch it's just yeah. like no there should not be live action footage in the simpsons
0: it's uh, kind of a sequel in that way i Ooh, yeah uh, a chill run up I sprain <laughs> down my spine sorry uh also uh i will say maurice labarsh comes back and does a fine appearance as orson wells he's always funny as orson yeah. wells but uh it it was the weakest of the three and then uh the season finale from sunday uh sees mo in a john wick parody now that sounds fun yeah mo uh is part of you know this collective of bartenders and then he gets excommunicated from it and hunted down just like happens to John Wick and uh it's it's a fun little episode it's it's uh it's all right the funniest bit to me is how uh they got Ian McShane as a guest to play the character basically Mm. that he plays in John Wick and I love Ian McShane in anything but uh, it, it was a fine little episode it also was interesting because This season has been marked by the recasting. Uh, It had major parts for Bumblebee Man, Hibbert, and Carl. So I was like, wow, this is almost like you're showing off all of the recastings you did they they bart goes to a bumblebee man show and it's just fully in spanish it is not the joke high school spanish that americans recognize it is just people speak spanish to another for like two minutes straight hmm. in the show it's, uh, it's a very different choice than we're used to in the series so uh you know if i could rank them i'd say the lisa future one uh that also had warner herzog in it as a returning voice uh then the mo john wick one and at the bottom, the uh, the Abe spy one also because that is just like a bad ending. It just it's a real hmm. uh, classic. Like how do we end this? Uh, sort of no resolution. Like they just shrug their shoulders.
1: So there was a recent gas scare. Uh, I believe it's over now because, uh, just to put it briefly, not doing any real research, there's a big pipeline you see. And that (laughs) pipeline was attacked by ransomware. Mm. So they interrupted service on the pipeline because otherwise they couldn't figure out how to bill people. (laughs) And because of that, gas prices spiked uh, briefly for like one week, two weeks, something like that. We are spoiled babies in the Bay Area in that we don't have cars. So we don't buy gas. But a lot of uh, things surfaced uh a lot of videos surface viral videos about people you know putting gas in improper containers like plastic bags and there was a uh, people posting this uh this screen grab from a uh, simpsons episode, classic yeah, from, simpsons episode. Uh, from a
0: 2010 episode yeah. of homer homer pouring gas from the nozzle into his trunk to uh, store up gas which uh you know it tied into all of these stories of like you know I think it was so some governmental body tweeted, please don't put gas in plastic bags, but it is, uh, you know, if you're going to store gasoline, there are very proper ways to do it. I mean, especially the gas hoarding thing, it really ties into like a lot of post-apocalyptic fear stuff. People yeah. Have. Like, I guess if you watch enough walking dead, you realize the main thing you're thinking all the time is like, how do we get gas? Like how do you siphon gas? How do you collect it? How do you get gas out of another car into this one? Yeah, but.
1: And I was seeing like a lot of the videos and things that were going around were actually old clips of people doing that during previous gas scares.
0: I know. It was like it was a fake viral moment of a gas scare. Pretty lame, if you ask me. But the but Snopes was on top of it, making sure to say Simpsons did not predict it. The joke in that scene isn't about hoarding gas or a gas scare.
1: And also, Homer would have the worst reaction to any sort of crisis. So, I mean, it's not like they predicted it.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> so like Homer is indicative
1: uh, of the worst idiot. And we have plenty of idiots around.
0: Uh, and as you know, his his main plan in a crisis is just like exactly, just
1: sit on the roof with a <laughs> with a chair. Uh, Also, uh, related to animation news, uh, related to What A Cartoon, our sister podcast, is that Venture Brothers is getting a finale movie along with uh, Metalocalypse and also Aqua Teen Hunger Force as well.
0: Yeah, it was. So, you know, we talked about it in our Venture Brothers What A Cartoon a few months back, but the show was canceled. Very sadly, they were all planning on another season, on an eighth season, and then it got canceled. And so uh, it was announced uh, this month that Adult Swim is going to make movies that will first be actually released direct-to-video hmm. and then put on HBO Max
1: okay so no no theatrical plans for these I don't believe oh so, man no. because like,
0: well I mean that's a different level of budget that's think, true too. well one
1: of the one of the biggest thrills for me was seeing the Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie in a theater oh, thinking sure, I yeah. can't believe I'm doing this <laughs> I can't believe the same cheap flash animation is in front of me but like 30 times bigger
0: I I'm happy to know that at least getting a physical release first because uh, at least for for Venture Brothers, and I think, too, for Aqua Teen and Metalocalypse, they get a lot of special features like the uh publican hammer very into doing special features for physical releases so i'm hoping they'll be the same in their finale movie
1: yeah i'm not sure about uh the venture brothers guys but it did sound like brendan small got screwed oh yeah he really hard. Does. i'm at a apocalypse he, he
0: number one albums with that show and they just kind of dumped it yeah i the venture brothers guys got off a little better than him i think but uh but it looks like adult swim is at least doing a little good by them of uh, they were probably i would think in all cases they were offered like look we're not we're not going to spend you know this much for a whole nother season but we'll spend you know let's say a third of that on one 90 minute thing Mm. and then you guys can you know wrap up your storylines give it a well also you know it helps for streaming having a real ending is what you need for binging and so uh it it actually makes venture brothers a worse target Mm. uh for binge opportunities if it doesn't have an ending that's true that's true like what's the point yeah exactly if it ends on a cliffhanger the person who watched a all uh 60 something episodes in a weekend they're like what this is where it ends i hate this app i don't subscribe <laughs>
1: Speaking of apps and uh, streaming services, now, Henry, I know you know a lot about this. It's kind of new info to me. So uh, AT&T is getting out of the content game, which makes people think they were in it. Yes. But they were because they own everything.
0: (laughs) They do, though. Now they're going to own one less thing. Mm -hmm. So for the longest time, for the last five, six years, uh, you know, there already was the Warner Media Monopoly, like Warner AOL, all that, this giant conglomerate. Well, AT&T, the um, phone company... You know, they're like, we need to diversify, and apparently, the government's not going to stop us, so we can actually <laughs> own a media company while also selling those things on our uh, phone service, which you know should be illegal and yes. not even allowed. But uh, AT and T could do it, so they're going to buy Warner. It took them forever to officially buy Warner. It even got like slowed down by a year or two by Trump uh which it's one of those things where it's like well he should have just prevented it entirely but, he, but he's not going to really stop big business but uh, it was framed as like he's mad at cnn so he's making it oh, hard that's for the why. yeah which you know but seriously it should be illegal like it's a broken clock thing fuck donald trump but <laughs> it, it should be illegal but so at&t eventually did get to become the full owner of warner and you know we've heard on the record and off the record stories from lots of folks we know that AT&T being the owner of Cartoon Network and Adult Swim and a lot of other things caused uh, countless projects to be fucked like to either be told you have to end now because you don't fit what AT&T's vision is or we'd love to renew you because AT&T does like what you're doing but the merger's not done yet so we can't do it or you know this pilot has three million views on youtube but it's not really what AT&T wants like all these things if you're mad that a show got canceled AT&T probably did it if you're upset of how like a a pilot you saw on Cartoon Network or Adult Swim didn't happen or all of these things it it just sounds very frustrating from what I've seen again on and off the record and then all of a sudden this month AT&T announces out of nowhere that only a year into launching hbo max they're like hey we're spinning off hbo and all of that tv and movie stuff discovery will have it the discovery channel will now merge with that giant thing that is hbo team
1: discovery channel
0: (laughs) yes now team discovery channel (laughs) will be the owner of hbo and that'll be the hbo max people uh which it does give them like more content it like gives them the reality bullshit that uh discovery has but all of a sudden, after HBO Max and all of these things got messed with because of AT&T's involvement, uh, did you like anything that started DC Superhero or not like something mm. that happened? Well, AT&T was ultimately the reason some of that happened. Like, Ugh. and now at and T's like, nah, we don't want to do it anymore. I hate all these
1: cowards getting into the content game because they're just, they can't do anything. And this yeah. reminds me of like the world of video games where an Amazon is like, we're Amazon. We have all the money in the world. Let's make video games. Whoops. It turns out we can't. Yeah. Google yeah. does the same thing. We're Google. We have everyone's info and all the money in the world. Let's make video games. We can't do that. Now Netflix is like, we're going to make video games. You're never going to make a fucking video game. Get out of uh, here.
0: Every time. Every time they want some. Yeah, we've from our old jobs in the gaming world. We know this really well. Like all these, these executives, they see if you're at Amazon or AT&T and you see like you're making X percentage off of some movie that showed on your platform or whatever, that's not good enough for you you're like well especially because the the name of the game in all business is exponential growth Mm -hmm, and so uh you you need to make more money in the way it always goes because there's only one way to think in those meetings is well, exponential growth is if we spend into debt on content creation, somehow we'll make a hundred percent of the pie off of this, and we'll make way more money than if we license something to Netflix. And it's nuts, it never works out. Like the game one is just another example because, unlike where you say, I have a phone, pay me to use it, yeah, that's not the same as saying, I had a movie yeah i'm sure you'll <laughs> want to watch it like the it, as much as they try to remove art from all of this art matters in some le- like artistic skill matters at some level that's
1: why i'm glad that at least for now patreon is not like we're gonna make our own content yes turn yeah. it in, tune into the patreon streaming network
0: uh, no i mean also the yeah i saw this shared by friend of the show adam johnson from media watchdog fair but it was a list of like the co- the consolidation of billionaire companies over the podcast space too and you know i mean uh uh, i'm not worried about it because for the same reason they can't really figure this shit out yeah and, and the money we make is really good money for me and you all mm-hmm. uh, like any executive a mid-level executive wouldn't like touch this money for uh like uh if he wouldn't like stop to pick it up off the ground wouldn't even
1: pay for his alimony
0: yes yeah this our money is not money that matters to rich people Mm-mm. and it's it's just really you can just see same with podcasts that these these executives see oh uh, Conan O'Brien just invented podcasts so
1: we're like oh look how best. much uh, Joe Rogan is making from yes, Spotify yeah. it's like well that's that's him that's that's nobody else
0: yeah and that's and also that Spotify paying and thinking like well, everybody, if this is how big Joe Rogan is now, we can make him even bigger instead of th- what they should think is Joe Rogan is as big as he's going to get. And he got there without you and you will actually make him the one of the big reasons Joe Rogan is so big is he is, of course, like a counter counter reactionary, mm-hmm. giving him more prestige or saying like, and now he's on a big website that limits his growth there's
1: i mean i'm not i'm not a fan of him at all but there's a lot of episodes of his show that they don't have on spotify yes
0: yes there are because of who was on them no i know that's because joe rogan's like a a stupid meathead he's he's pink shrek yeah he's pink shrek and he just goes like wow really wow like (laughs) that that's just his entire yeah this
1: is off topic but i i just love how it looks like he records all of his podcasts in a rotisserie (laughs) oven it's so weird uh that is peak
0: physical conditioning. That's true. Man. He's, he's, you know, he could kick all of our You're assets. doing hot
1: yoga and recording a podcast yeah. at the same time.
0: And also you're, you know, stoned to the gills mm-hmm. every second of the day. It
1: makes for good podcasting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and in final news we have this month, uh, Bruce Timm is getting the Batman, the animated series gang back together. But J.J. Uh, Abrams is the foul caboose on this train.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's a new series called Batman, the Caped Crusader. Bruce Tim is an executive producer on it, but so are JJ Abrams and Matt Reeves, which uh, you know, I saw this was rumored for months now i think we when whenever we last did a beat dcau show i think batman beyond i mentioned you know kevin smith had said i'm hearing rumors they're gonna uh, do a reboot season of it and now it's it's been kind of turned into this which is it sounds like in the style of the show mm-hmm. but also its own thing and then uh, so J.J. Abrams like he's he's a producer of the next Superman movie too uh, I think that he fucked up Star Wars so bad that <laughs> he was able to they're like get out of here you can't do Star Wars anymore and he just walked across the street and says oh hey can I run your DC movies your DC movies are fucked up they're like yeah do it so uh,
1: if he was a woman he'd be in prison in Hollywood
0: <laughs> but uh, because he's J.J. he can just hop from place to place and and Matt Reeves is the director of the new Batman movie mm-hmm. that's coming out so so i get why they'd have some input but it's part of my like annoyance with hollywood these days in general that animation doesn't need a famous name attached to it but they always have to have it I I can't stand it
1: my I I have issues with this because I I don't like the spiritual successors to the animated series beyond is fine beyond was Mm. just an extension of that but things that are similar but not enough my thing has always been just make more of that (laughs) that was perfect because I mean people think about what do you like about Batman the animated series the voice acting the character designs the music the writing one thing I think people don't think about is every episode is a little film noir yeah That is what makes it special. It was never uh, a 90s thing. It was always drawing back to the past. This is what that should be. And if they miss that aspect, I think that's what everyone misses when they're trying to call back to that series. They forget (sighs) the film noir aspect.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the episodic, just tight little story. But that bob doesn't sound like he could fit a long arcing mystery oh. box plot into it could you
1: all right the streaming uh thing has ruined every like yeah. storytelling device well
0: and jj loves a mystery box so he should not be allowed to work <laughs> no he really shouldn't uh but he's he's uh, still very very rich uh and well and i was thinking back to you know freaking 30 years ago bruce tim and eric Radomski, who were like in their late 20s they went to gene mccurdy all they were were like you know mid-level guys on tiny tunes and they brought her a pitch of like hey i'm sure you want to do a new batman cartoon because of the hit movie well look at these cool designs and then gene mccurdy was a brave enough executive to just say like this looks fucking good go for it guys and she gives these two guys now they did put alan burden in charge who did have experience show running mm-hmm. a show but that was it like they the majority of the people who worked on that show were under 30 and now bruce tim who's in his mid 60s even he has to have a babysitter of yeah. the real movie guys like jj and reeves and that
1: old series it was not like executive produced by tim burton no. the only batman connection of the era was uh shirley walker right because right. she worked with danny elfman
0: yeah and they and they were very lucky to get her but yeah you're you're totally right like tim burton didn't want like i think most of them uh, i don't want to say about burton but because he actually is from animation but most film directors wouldn't give time a day to the cartoon boys they'd be like yeah that's the kids thing on tv who cares like and in that kind of wild west like bruce tim and all of the the and paul dini and, and and radomsky and all those great guys they were able to get away with a lot of shit and every time since then it, it has to be harder for them and then here we get this and it's this you know it's that monkey's paw kind of thing mm. where wow bruce tim well though i mean also like bruce tim has been making dc stuff for the last 20 years you know all these direct-to-video things but this prestige batman thing uh i just i don't feel like jj is needed if they're gonna if they're gonna put him with somebody how about an animator in their 30s as a uh, co-executive producer how about that yeah instead? like a, a young visionary i think at least you know coming this month is that a uh the new he-man show that like kevin smith is involved in that's how i first heard like oh kevin smith he-man show and when kevin smith has been very upfront in the interviews for the last month of like well yeah i mean i i'm a producer on it but it's really this guy and this guy this guy's the showrunner these are the animators like he's very respectful to the animators and i don't get that same kind of energy from jj Mm -hmm. it's uh, actually that he-man almost looks like more of a dcau spiritual successor than this because most of the cast are actors from the old batman and superman cartoons (laughs) including mark hamill I am look I will certainly watch it but I'll it, give it, gives, a chance. it gives me pause yeah, for sure. I'll give it yeah. a
1: chance. Uh so let's talk about news about us. Woo! Hopefully we'll be in a better news for this news cuz it's all good stuff. Yes. And uh so number one thing, uh, we were on We Hate Movies this month talking about the Simpsons movie. A fantastic episode. All those guys are great. And of course, we must remind you, we will be covering the movie on our own when we get to that in the Simpsons timeline. But we got a lot of new listeners because of that episode. So welcome aboard if you're a new listener. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of new patrons. So it was nothing but good for us. And we thank everybody at We Hate Movies for having us on the show. It was an honor to be on it.
0: Oh man, was it? I had so much fun too. It was so great goofing around with the guys and, and Talking about the movie like somewhat in depth, but yeah, I uh, and also if you know if you're one of our new listeners who came over from this, uh, you know we've got some new ones coming up with uh, Eric Siska and Jupin and Sadak, uh, but we also have a big back catalog. I think they've been on like all total like 12 or 13 yeah. episodes of our podcast, so definitely everybody should. Uh, if you're you're a new listener, go back through the archives and check out all the ones where uh, the cool dudes from We Hate Movies were our guests on it,
1: and check out their shows we love them and what they do and now they're all recording in person again oh it's so great yeah just like me and Bob yeah (laughs) so now we are talking about what's happening with us and uh we are working way way ahead and we are nearly done with the august uh crop of talking simpsons and the same for what a cartoon on our new schedule so we are just slamming through the summer because uh obviously if you're listening to the show you know that i am separated from my wife because of the goddamn border (laughs) and uh one of these days i'm gonna visit her uh for a month uh before i eventually move out there in like 2022 who knows but because of that uh we are planning way ahead to buy me some time off whenever i can do that so hopefully on june 20 they will open the border for husbands. <laughs> Next vaccinated the, uh, husbands uh, can go.
0: Uh, why can't the vaccinated just enter? I don't I don't understand that. Right, come on Trudeau, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Put put down the shoe polish and, and start <laughs> oh, no. governing again. Now I uh yeah, actually next week we're about to record a couple October podcasts Yipes. even. We're, we're going slightly out of order for yeah. uh, for some guest picks, but and we got some really cool guests coming your way, boy do we. And
1: for retronauts on my end, I am almost done with summer as well. So I nice. am working very far ahead so I can just just everything for a month. But uh, yes, it's happening with me. As for us, uh, let's talk about the What A Cartoon June schedule. So we have a lot of uh, great episodes coming up. I think these are all uh, patron picks because we're yes. going through the rest of our patron picks because we closed that tier down and we're going through the, all the rest of their picks for uh, up and through the fall, I think, are going to be all patron picks.
0: Yeah, and it's, uh, it's a lot of really fun picks, uh, though. Uh, the first one is very historically important, but uh, this pick also does come with a content warning if you don't want to hear about that some is touchy true. subjects it is uh donald duck's der Führer's face
1: yes usually seen out of context certain screenshots of donald duck dressed a certain way or wearing certain symbols we're going to explain to you why he's doing that mm-hmm. and all the trivia and information behind this very uh now offensive but also historically important piece of propaganda
0: yes yeah and then we go deep into the history of donald duck and uh disney what walt disney learned from propaganda <laughs> and you know uh, a lot of a lot of touchy subjects which uh you know it's but it it's worth talking about and we appreciate our patron for picking that one mm-hmm.
1: up next i can't decide if this is more offensive uh <laughs> capital critters the episode Head and mouse yes capital critters the 1992 also ran primetime uh animated cartoon and uh yes uh most most commonly known as one of the tombstones in the simpsons trio's before opening we're going to talk about what this was why it failed and boy it's a miserable show
0: it's an amazing flop yes. it really is we enjoyed our
1: cool world episode we are just as miserable <laughs> uh, on this one
0: and and we're joined by the premium patron who picked it professor Gascan, mm-hmm. who was a lot of fun to chat with too so yes uh let's remember the a very weird race parable oh, episode boy. as well and that that's uh in both those cases der face and hat and mouse both are just available on youtube you yes. can just find them right out Their there creators
1: have disowned them uh and then on the third week of june we have the sailor moon r episode mirror mirror on the wall because previously we did sailor moon in the early 2019 we didn't talk about the classic deke dub we talked about it but we didn't discuss it in detail this time we are focusing on the classic 1995 version of this that aired in america before it was redubbed in the early 2010s yes
0: yeah, so you're gonna hear a lot of ontario accents in this uh, one but <laughs> i i
1: forgot how wild sailor moon's accent is i can't even place it
0: <laughs> uh yeah it's. Uh, we need a real ca- uh, canada history buff to explain ex- speci- specifically what province it is but yeah Sailor Moon R, uh, that one, uh, you're going to have to do a little digging to find the Deke version. If you want to watch the Japanese-language version, that is on Hulu mm-hmm. and other places under the title Steal a Kiss from Mamoru and Project Snow White. So... Uh, but yes that was another great $50 patron pick as well
1: and finally the end of the month will be our what a cartoon movie episode because you voted for it and yes it is 1997's hercules as part of our it's kicking off our summer of the disney renaissance of the 90s and hercules is the first entry in that three-month series
0: unbelievably it defeated beauty and the beast lion king and the little mermaid it really does put the gladding gladiator <laughs> it
1: shows that we're slightly older than the other millennials <laughs> listening to this
0: uh but yeah we uh, we just recorded the first half of that one today, actually. And uh, has a very interesting history. And, of course, you can find Hercules on Disney Plus, like everything. It's
1: good to watch a movie that I kind of want to see instead of Cool World. Again, Ooh. we must mention that again because it's coming up. Uh, maybe you already heard it by now. but If, uh, if you're on the free feed, you,
0: yeah. Yeah, but uh, if you're on hearing this on Patreon, you're just a few days away from all Ugh. the fun we
1: had on Cool we'll World. We'll be in a much better mood uh, during Hercules. Yes. And yeah. so what's, what's coming up next month? for what a cartoon movie well this is going to be a binary yes no vote for you out there you five dollars up patrons and that we are going to ask you should we do the hunchback of notre dame for the 25th anniversary yes or no because it came out in 1996 making this movie 25 years old so yes an interesting and pretty uh, risque movie mm-hmm. for uh, walt disney in the 90s
0: and quite good i like, love it yeah, i love it it's uh, it's more grown up than some of their other stuff but it's it's better than polka and even those look. Hey, who doesn't love hearing Duckman, the <laughs> gargoyle, as well? It has yeah. a song
1: about being tormented by horniness and also, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, a farting gargoyle. <laughs> played oh, that, by Jason Gallagher. Uh, never... Sorry, Jason uh, Alexander, not Jason Gallagher. <laughs>
0: that is uh, one of my favorite villain songs, Hellfire. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, but uh, but I guess it'll be up to you patrons. It's a 50-50 choice here. Yes or no, do you want us to cover the 25th anniversary of The Hunchback of Notre Dame in July? And that poll will be up very soon if you're listening to this on the Patreon.
1: So now is the time of the show where we talk about what we've been playing and watching outside of podcasts. And uh, I don't have a lot to talk about, but uh, so Henry can now respect me as as a gamer because after 30 hours I have finally finished the epilogue of Dragon Quest XI a game that took me 120 hours to finish yeah. so once that's all over you're given a lot more content. Uh, I could have played it for 20 more hours. I chose not to but mm-hmm. I'm officially uh, a pro gamer. I can look Ooh. down upon all those who have not done this because it is a gigantic waste of time but one that I enjoyed <laughs> though I probably wouldn't have done it unless uh, of the COVID pandemic. It is
0: like 30 hours of back padding from the game to you for being brave enough to play more of it like it's i love dragon quest 11 i i think i used to say five would be the one i'd tell people to be their first dragon quest now no way it's 11 if you're a normal gamer today dragon quest 11 is the perfect starter game to get into the series with
1: and you would that. not know there's another 30 hours waiting for you unless you reload your save after you finish the game they don't tell yeah. you at all <laughs>
0: that really is for the hardcores yeah. like if you're a hardcore you know that the, uh, the ending is never the ending in dragon quest so come back for the real ending and yeah being able to just i'm I'm not i won't spoil it either but going just being able to visit every place over again and seeing an entirely new scenario Mm -hmm. and character detail that calls back to what was in the story but recontextualizes things and in so many interesting ways and then the it's also just this incredible tribute to just the history of Dragon Quest which is extra cool because at the time we record this tomorrow they might be announcing Dragon Quest 12 or something else but it's the 35th anniversary mm. news live stream. So. I hope it's a 12
1: announcement. Prove yeah. me wrong children.
0: That game came out fucking five 11 came out five years ago in Japan. Mm-hmm. So that's how old. four years ago. Four Japan. years ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, so also in terms of gaming I replayed all of the uh, Telltale Tales of Monkey Island series because I recorded it in a podcast about that with my lovely wife Nina and not a lot of other gaming going on because I am busy working ahead on podcasts to get ready for a Canadian trip but I can talk about some movies I've been watching mm. uh, so every week I have a little movie night remote movie night with my wife uh, so we kicked off the month with Enchanted a movie that I never saw in oh, my life
0: Oh, that's cute I you know I don't think I've seen that either really the, uh, yeah that's on Disney plus isn't it it is the, not oh wow. I had
1: to get it on Amazon because I think it, it makes fun of Disney too much well, though not I enough see. in my estimation I think they wanted to go a little further but couldn't <laughs>
0: that's funny you know, that's that post-Shrek thing where they're like, we got to make fun of ourselves a little to be taken seriously.
1: Enchanted was a big hit. What I didn't know about it, directed by the director of a Goofy movie. Oh, Because right, he started right. doing live action right after that.
0: That's right. Wow. Kevin Lima, yeah. Man, that's, uh, now I really got to check that out. <laughs> uh,
1: the, the following week was my birthday week, and I was like, I want to watch a weird movie that I haven't seen in a while that Nina has never saw. So I watched Whatever Happened to Baby Jane it rules i still love it it kicks ass please watch it don't even look about what it's about it's an old movie with some great performances dark horror it's amazing i love it
0: it's really funny you watch that within a week of us recording the episode worst episode ever mm, where yes the comic book guy says now i know what happened to baby Jane."
1: that's what made me think of watching the movie again and uh, really the breakout star of that movie is victor buono uh, an amazing little performance in a very small role i mm. love that movie uh so it was nina's turn to watch a movie movie next and we watched the movie save the 2004 uh, send-up of uh, Christianity and uh, Christian schooling and uh, I thought it was okay I-, I thought it was enjoyable I would have really loved it as a teen like an edgy teen oh yeah, yeah. And, it, and I think it felt a lot edgier in the George W. Bush evangelical Christian era when it came out in 2004
0: I can tell you that for sure because I did see that movie in 2004 and my my first visit to Berkeley I saw it in that theater right oh. over there yeah I moved to Berkeley in 2006 but then uh, i visited in 2004 and one of the things i was like wow saved is showing i couldn't see that at the amc near me and in, uh, in florida yeah i mean uh, in george w bush's ele- re-election year seeing this thing that says like hey hardcore christianity is bad let's make fun of it like that i i enjoyed that but also it's still at the end of the day i was like hey you don't have to be too mean to mm-hmm. gay people or or to, or to christians
1: and uh, i went to catholic school and this is not a movie about catholic school it's more of like a protestant thing but i sure. was like they're not nearly mean enough to this girl <laughs> yeah this is not about catholic school i went to catholic school and my experience was if this was a christian school this should be a lot darker and crueler it should yeah. be like a todd solin's movie
0: <laughs> yeah i think uh mandy Moore's character would have been even crueler than she was in yeah. the film. i think yeah i and i remember thinking that uh susan sarandon's daughter who's in it was really good and i was surprised she hasn't like done more stuff since then. we
1: looked her up uh uh, she's one of those lifestyle people now. What the fuck? Yes. She was a
0: good actor in that movie. I liked her. Uh, my
1: my theory is you're Susan Serena's daughter. If you're not going to act anymore, just don't work.
0: I guess so, yeah. I mean, I'm not going
1: to stop you from making yeah. money, but I'm I'm sick of the lifestyle people. <laughs> it's it's not good. Okay, so my, my lock of the month, uh, <laughs> Bob Mackey's lock of the month, is the Robert Meccas movie Death Becomes Her because... I'm listening to the Blank Check podcast. There's a lot of episodes I haven't heard. I'm going through the Zemecka series. And I skipped Death Becomes Her because I remember liking it as a kid, but I haven't seen it since then. I rewatched it. So good, so funny. A little messier than the Back to the Future movies because super nerd Bob Gale is not writing it. Sure, but this shows where Robert Zemeckis could have gone if he wasn't constantly chasing Oscar gold. Because the next mm-hmm. movie he makes is Forrest Gump. Yeah, he learns yeah. all the wrong lessons. This is such a fun, high concept, dark comedy that's super cynical. It's about how everyone in L.A. sucks yes. and is an evil demon. <laughs> yes, yeah, it this. is so good. You probably uh. forgot it exists. It's on HBO Max. It is a tight like hour forty. It's hilarious. Bruce Willis. When was the last time you saw? Bruce Willis give a shit about anything.
0: I know he's so he's so like he's he's also a nerd in
1: it. Yeah, like he's, it's, yeah. it's and, Bruce Willis playing a Rick Moranis character. Uh,
0: and and Meryl Streep and Goldie Hawn are so great as like these two gargoyles who hate each other. Like they're both when you have two people who uh like oh oh both female leads in this are awful people like trying to screw over the other at all times. Like well now you know we're old. I should give that another watch too because as a kid. I was like, what's this fear of aging? I don't understand yeah. this. Like, no, no, it's, I get it. It
1: hits differently and uh, I understand the themes a lot more but I was surprised by how good it was. It's a movie that nobody talks about and uh, again, it's cool to see, oh, Bruce Willis used to care. Now he's so bored yeah. by acting and he's playing the super, like, macho hero well into his 60s. Here's an atypical role for him where he's asked to do things he doesn't normally do and it's great.
0: Well, you know, also speaking of the wrong lessons learned in it, like, he like, uh, Zemeckis was like oh anti-aging uh, mm. video effects and special effects to change how a person looks. It's
1: yeah. also Zemeckis continuing down the dark road of special effects that will lead him in the wrong direction mm-hmm. And uh, but boy if he could would have kept making weird dark movies like this and used cars and Roger Rabbit instead of schmaltzy crap like Forrest Gump and Marwen. Uh, yeah <laughs> jeez <laughs> I-, I just wish things had turned out different than him but this is just like the end of that part of his career just so fun to watch but that's oh, it for yeah. me In terms of entertainment outside of podcasting
0: Uh, Well so I had uh, quite a full month Of content I enjoyed Uh, I'll first say I really enjoy That Hulu Modoc show now, is it made highly demographically aimed directly at me? Yes, it 100% is. It is about a late 30s uh, guy nerd. Well, it definitely, his work reminds me of when we worked in a uh, in a giant corporation as well. Plus, it is full of uh, very deep references to comic books and to uh, and to uh, 90s rock songs as well. It's really it's really weird. It goes in some uh, funny places. Plus. It's full of great uh, comedy actors that, you know, if you're a comedy nerd who listens to too many podcasts like uh, that, uh, it stars Pat Noswalt, who I know I was just complaining like J.J. Uh, Abrams just shows up and takes <laughs> his job. Patton Oswalt is a famous name attached to this project but he knows Marvel Comics like he he's the real deal so he's perfect what's the
1: story behind this I thought this was cancelled or it was written and not made
0: so it was the one that lived out of them so yeah it uh, one of the last things Jeff Loeb did as leading Marvel television was to okay six shows with Hulu that would basically be Marvel's Adult Swim shows and The production started on them. And then in January, 2020 Marvel television production arm got killed. Kevin Feige's like, everything's on Disney plus now. And they ended every planned show, which included a Howard, the duck show. Uh, But that all got killed in January, 2020, except for Modoc. And I really think it was that they were too far along with it. Plus that it was them working with Patton Oswalt and Seth green. It's a robot chicken Mm. company production. And I think Marvel eventually decided like, uh, let's stay friends with them the rest of the people working on these shows we don't care if we flush away their thing but let's keep a deal going for the Mo-Duck okay yeah
1: show. i know like a lot of scripted shows are just thrown away they yes, wrote an entire yeah. season just put it in the dumpster
0: but somehow modok got to stick around it and it gets to stay on hulu it's also far too dirty for disney plus it's not for the nice people of mm. disney plus so uh but that i really like it it's it it makes me laugh if you know who the villain the mandrill is uh, you will have good laughs at jokes in <laughs> this uh, so i i give it a thumbs up i mean also yes it's just an adult swim show if you sure if, if i told you patten oswald stars as Modoc in a show from the robot chicken people you can probably guess the tone and joke style but there's some surprising jokes in there that are go deeper than you'd expect it's it's a real venture brothers kind of feel too um And I watched the first couple episodes of That Invincible Show, and I do like it. I want to watch the whole thing just so I can get the memes because the lead character is getting memed. Well, sorry, the dad of the lead character is getting memed a bit uh but i I think i've tapered off a little bit just because it's very close to the comics and i read those comics like 20 years ago when they were new so it has less impact for Hmm. me but uh it's 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 also interesting that it's like it's a 44 minute show it's every episode's uh in the hour format Wow,
1: animated too
0: yeah yeah and sometimes the animation looks really great and then every once in a while I'm like oh that's real flashy that looks bad but then a really cool scene will happen it's it's real ups and downs of the animation in invincible but but every if you read the invincible comics and love them over the last 20 years this i mean because robert kirkman is an executive producer on it it stays very true to those comics and, uh, and i watched the new netflix movie from sony animation mitchell versus the machine the mitchell's versus the machines uh and it's pretty all right it's pretty all right you know
1: what i liked the animation quality and style and yeah. the clips i've seen i haven't seen the real movie the the finished movie i, I know i will soon uh because i was looking at uh, like storyboard artists uh were posting their storyboards oh, and yeah. And I love how these 3D characters look like drawn characters. And I like how much Sony is going for this. Yes. In that, like, uh, I feel like Pixar needs to catch up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even though they're winning Oscars, I look at Soul, I'm like, Soul looks like a quality movie. Of course, I haven't seen it. But just visually, this looks so much more expressive. It pops a lot more, for sure, yeah. And Sony is not afraid of having characters that have dots for pupils. I feel like <laughs> for whatever reason, CGI people are obsessed with this insanely realistic eyeballs and the skulls, even in things like Coco, which I found weird. Yeah. But in this one, it's like, no, if your eyeball is just a, if your pupil is just a dot, it could be so much more expressive than just like this beautifully crafted iris and everything around the eyeball.
0: Oh yeah. There's, there's so in the film, there's a lot of energy like that in there. And it's, and also they worked with a lot of people who I followed on Twitter who are like a, a, you know, a storyboard artist on Gravity Falls or on Steven Universe. Once the movie came out, they're like, I can finally talk about how I designed this character four years ago for (laughs) this movie. Like it's, uh, it's full of people I really enjoy in it. And, uh, it's, you know, it's a Lord and Miller, uh, under that umbrella. So it's that kind of tone of comedy. It's full of that kind of, you know, group of actors, uh, voice actors, you know, my Rudolph, Danny McBride and Abby Jacobson are our voices in it. Eric Andre's a voice in it too. It's a, it's a disenchantment f- uh, a reunion in there. I don't
1: know who said this. Maybe somebody on our Discord, but they were saying like this is a better Simpsons movie than the Simpsons movie. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it actually uh it's, it's them fighting a bunch of killer robots. It's man, wow. It actually very much is a Simpsons movie. <laughs> yeah. It's uh I also will compliment it. I don't want to spoil it too much, but if you're a gay person on Twitter who likes cartoons you probably heard that it is a queer uh, uh, it has queer elements to it and uh, I'm always wanting more so I'm going to sound like I can't be satisfied with queer representation and things but uh it it's not gay enough. It's, mm, that's what I thought. There's a character in it who's gay, and I'm like, or and walks around with a rainbow button the whole movie. But they like kind of wink to it too much, yeah. or they leave it to a post-credits thing. And but and oppositely, it is gayer than any Disney animated film ever has been. And so it's like I don't know, the bar is so low. I let's just celebrate it as a baby step forward. But yeah, it's but, like how yeah. every
1: year for the past five years, Disney has had their first gay character.
0: Exactly exactly yes and i'm so sick it, at the very least the uh the gay character in this unlike pixar's first gay character also isn't a fucking cop mm. which is very uh, appreciated uh and then last thing i watched on tv if you're a wrestling fan gotta watch that new season of dark side of the ring where can it's one really watch good. that uh well if you got hulu the previous seasons are on there or just go to the vice website okay. you, can, you can watch that's it the part of wrestling
1: house. i want to hear about
0: oh yeah this you will learn so much i think uh, you know a really interesting one to watch that just came out was the one about the biggest pro wrestling event that ever happened the largest crowd there ever was because it was for a peace conference thing in North Korea in 1990. And so it had uh, over 100,000 people in attendance. And it was Antonio Inoki and Ric Flair. And it was a a big deal with a lot of weird stuff going on. Wow, that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, Look it up on the Vice website. Uh, Also, you know, I finally picked back up my Berserk collection this month after, you know, the tragic passing of its creator. and It made me go like, oh, I really should be reading this series some more. When you... When you read it, it's just like when I read JoJo's Bizarre Adventure that I'd click like because it's been around for about as long as JoJo. Mm-hmm, yeah. In, in both cases, once you read it, you're like, this influenced every video game I've played for the last 30 years. Like, every everybody read... I was like oh Dark Souls now it, it absolutely makes sense the the style design the buster sword on on cloud it all makes sense but yeah
1: know. I was very sad to see the passing I believe it's like Kentaro Mira yeah that the yeah. guy's name yeah he was doing Berserk for uh 32 years taking lots uh, of hiatuses of course and, and uh, uh far too young yeah in his
0: early uh, late 50s and I mean the the cause of death is very similar to the co- uh, Yoshi kondo one that really sounds related to it's not a, a aortic dislocation i believe it is or uh, yeah, caused
1: by high blood pressure yeah
0: high blood pressure it's it is a sign of overwork and if which... you if
1: you look at the art in berserk Oh my god, he had to work himself into the grave to make panels look that amazing. I Just wish. these amazing splash pages with entire armies clashing on a battlefield.
0: Yeah, it's it's insane. Just giving away in like a panel, one panel yeah. on a page like uh, and also, uh, under the suggestion of our friend of the show, Toby Jones, I learned that you could buy a collections of the full storyboards of every episode of Evangelion. And so I uh, perhaps spent over $200. On,
1: well, this number keeps going and, up, uh, Henry.
0: Let's say $200. let us okay. put it at that uh, on the all five books of it. And it's just, it really is something to see like, oh, this is how they boarded it? Wow. What's on the page? What isn't there is really neat to
1: there see. There is no part of Evangelion that has not been marketed and sold.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, it's uh, go- well, Gainax, it was fighting bankruptcy every turn of the way, uh, partially because they, you know, uh, were lying to the tax man about how much mm. money they would paid.
1: You know what? They uh. don't do this for American shows, but I would pay for uh, books of storyboards of The Simpsons. Like, here's like the season four storyboards. Oh,
0: good Lord. Yes, I want that. I would pay. I'd pay a hundred bucks for one of those. Easy, man. Uh, but uh yeah, I mean, honestly, Simpsons has never even got a true art book like mm. that. I I feel like the animators would love to do that. Like uh, you've seen how much those spread around Twitter when those get shared. Yeah, but, yeah. uh And also, big thing I did this month: my husband and I are both fully vaccinated, so we did our first trip. We did a one-day trip to Universal Studios Hollywood, uh where you know the mask rules are still in place. Things have been changed up, but uh, it was just like an easy hour flight down from where we live and uh, we rode everything we mm-hmm. got to ride the the brand new version of the jurassic world ride i i always want to call it jurassic park but
1: i think that was still was that even an operation when we were there no i think i was sick uh yes it was that's we, why i didn't yeah, ride
0: it we could have ridden the final jurassic park month of jurassic park but yeah i mean well, bob why didn't you want to get soaking <laughs> wet on a day you weren't feeling well
1: i'm looking forward to flight travel where masks are accepted because i got sick on like every la trip <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, i think people will be be getting the flu less if they accept uh, masks on planes. Now.
1: I've seen the numbers. The flu numbers were just posted for I think uh, America. It's a it's a four figure number instead of being like in the tens of millions of people who got the flu. It's like mm. mask use really cut down on other illnesses as well. Yeah.
0: Uh, I, I, I don't think people will learn that lesson though but uh, I uh, yeah I rode it was also fun to ride the new I've I've lost some weight so I was actually able to ride the Harry Potter
1: ride. Did you go uh, on the 22nd roller coaster. No that one I've ridden enough uh, once
0: is enough on that one Uh, but and the simpsons ride still there still operating it was really fun i was just thinking of all the like the things disney wouldn't let them do there's so many jokes in that pre-show line There's a joke about uh Abe saying, like, back in my day, we could hate all kinds of people, especially and then they pull the mic away from him. <laughs> I was like, no, they wouldn't let that joke happen uh, at Disneyland. Or there's there's a joke in the line of Cletus giving you tips on how to sneak food into the uh, amusement park. I'm like, well, Disney would never approve of that joke. It, was, it was
1: fun watching those and saying, like, well, how risque can they get? Mm-hmm. And then go pretty far.
0: Uh yeah, Universal was a little edgier. It was uh, but man, that that ride hurts my. My back <laughs> it really so you know Bob if you go now you can private ride with the simpsons because they don't they're like okay what's your group you're the only people who get to me and my husband got to just do a couple seat on every ride so stretch
1: out (laughs) yeah
0: even even on the jurassic park ride jurassic world ride ride we had the whole row to ourselves every group gets a row to themselves and then there's an empty row in front of them i i don't know how long it's going to last that way uh before they'll jam everybody together but it was a good time um and then yeah with video games i finally finished dark souls but before moving on to bloodborne i'm playing 13 sentinels mm. uh, that's a lot of fun won't spoil anything it's just really good uh resident evil village i i played the first couple hours of that until uh you know the giantess uh sexily took my blood <laughs> and i was like i i feel like i've had the biggest I- I've, I've now experienced this game
1: oh it goes much further than that
0: and uh and then mass effect legendary collection been playing that with my husband he's i never gave i i liked the mass effect game fine but i never really gave him much time my husband was a giant fan of him so he's taking me through what he loves about mass effect so much and then today Shimigami tensei 3 hd is coming in the mail be
1: prepared um, to have the first boss kill you and then uh to stop playing yeah yeah, yeah that was my experience <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: maybe they made it easier
1: no actually i did i did fight the first boss which was like the matador right. and then i was like god this game's too hard.
0: <laughs> man i hope they change the I mean, soften it just a little i know smt is supposed to be you know punishing but uh, g- give me a break it's 20 years old now
1: smt4 came out i don't know 10 years later that the 3ds yeah. one and it's like well you spend the first three hours in this room grinding yep
0: yeah that's <laughs> and you're gonna like it damn it
1: So yes, that's all the news for us and Talking Simpsons Network. Let's talk about your questions and comments on the most recent round of episodes. So first we have Bart versus Thanksgiving and uh, Joe Hodgson says, I love this episode and it's one of my favorite holiday theme episodes of The Simpsons. A lot of it is due to just that slow pace in the beginning, which just so expertly captures that build up to a holiday gathering like Thanksgiving at home. Every time I watch it though, I'm amused at the use of bitchin' by Bart as it felt like the show was almost trying to make that a new catchphrase for him. (laughs) He said it first in Treehouse of Horror then repeats it here and will also turn to in Bart the Daredevil. It's just a season two thing as I don't believe Bart has ever said it again which may partly be due to it not being a real popular slang term beyond a narrow window. I don't think the writers are trying to sell t-shirts or anything but just maybe playing with the character knowing marketing probably wanted more catchphrases for Bart during this era and this was a way to poke fun at that while also doubling as a way to get a kid on TV to curse. And yeah, I think that bitchin is yeah. like, the same clip every time
0: i think so i think they recorded it for one uh, for thanksgiving and then they're like oh we well, need to goose two other scenes in uh, episodes that we're doing the audio editing for near it oh well that bitchin was pretty funny And
1: i agree with joe i had the same thought in that they're like oh you want a catchphrase for bart well here's something you could actually never put on a t-shirt because yes, they yeah. would not sell this to kids <laughs>
0: uh anytime i think of bart swearing i think to what john veedee told us about how they cut back on the bart swearing not out of like censors but because because their friends were telling him hey thanks for teaching my kids a swear word like they now he says it all the time
1: and then Fox was uh, actually cutting back on the amount of swearing they could do because in uh, in Homer Defined there was uh, Bart saying bad influence my butt and then Burns saying kiss my sorry ass goodbye Right. in certain airings those are flipped where right. Bart says bad influence my ass and Burn says kiss my sorry butt goodbye they, they because they could get up. an ass and a butt but Yeah, that's they,
0: it you get one ass so you gotta be choosy and they, it seems like God, one day they felt that one ass was better than the other. Also, on that episode, Task Bar Architect says, On the subject of things kids just inherently believe, when I was young, my mom bought back a bunch of fresh fruit including grapes which I love to stop me eating them all she made up the total lie that if you eat more than a dozen or so grapes in any one day you get severe stomach cramps i continued to believe this well into my teenage years when i was relaying the story to a colleague he confessed that his parents had informed him that the large plastic sheets that farmers wrap up hay bales in were cow eggs hmm. and he never had a question of that he never had cause to question that until college hmm. yeah. Yeah, we we were reminiscing about how a parent tells you a lie as a kid, and until you say it out loud, in your early adult years to <laughs> other grownups, you go like, wait, wait a minute. My parents were lying to the, me. Everyone mocks you. The tooth fairy's not real. I had yeah. a version
1: of that in that uh, growing up, uh, you know, you always got like the cookie dough out of the bowl or whatever. And then finding out like that was dangerous.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, nah, not really. No. I mean, you know, hey, don't eat raw eggs all the time, especially a- a in little, America. <laughs> a little
1: raw egg there and here and there won't kill you. I don't Just get the quality so. eggs.
0: Yeah. B- the, b- this is not a
1: guarantee. So up next, we have the great money caper in Boyd Adkins. The force says this episode made me laugh as there so many lines I repeat every day. For instance, if she doesn't like it, I'll just die. Remains my reply. Anytime I get my significant other, any other surprise. And what the hell are you talking about? Is often my go-to <laughs> when the dog barks for no reason. Also, am I the only person that conflates the beginning of this episode with season 13's The Blunder Years? I think it's the restaurant that throws me off. Yeah. What's the Blunder yeah. Years restaurant opening?
0: That's also where they're at a Magic Castle style place, but it's the mentalist who unlocks Homer's screaming memory that oh, then starts the episode. Okay. Yeah. I was just thinking of that too because, you know, those videos are on a loop in the crusty Land. Um, well, those scenes are on a loop in the Krusty Land uh, food area area for the simpsons ride and i was just seeing those ones i was like yeah i always get these two confused with the long island iced tea guy and the guy that makes homer remember things
1: it was like seven or eight months later and yeah they go to the pimento grove and a uh a hypnotist hypnotist called mesmerino ah okay brings homer back to being 12
0: uh by the way it felt so great to be back in that crusty the crusty secret vault area with all the cool original drawings on the wall like god i see in that picture of of david silverman's like Like, Smoking Krusty is one of my favorite drawings of his. And he gets to sign his frickin' name, too. Also on that episode, Dennis Kananwisher says... Thanks for the Billy the Big Mouth Bass flashback. I worked at Toys R Us when that was a thing, and our genius managers put it right by the entrance so it turned on every time a customer came into the store. <laughs> As a cashier, I wasn't allowed to walk very far from my register, so I was forced to listen oh. to it my entire shift every work day for months. That reminds Oof. me of
1: working in a grocery store and we had like an animatronic uh, polar bear that like would say <laughs> hi to kids, who go like Hi, I'm Chili Bear, and then would have an entire <laughs> speech and and then eventually the tape would run down and get very <laughs> slow and demonic. <laughs> uh, I recommend the Big CD Greens episode, Barry Cuda. In uh, which uh, Cricket, the little kid in the family, gets one of those. He's so enchanted by it, but the family goes insane because it won't stop. <laughs> and it makes me think like, oh, for kids of uh, this era, the Billy the Big Mouse bath is just like the pet rock for us. Like, wow, totally. this weird thing from the past. Neat. <laughs> uh,
0: man, I can't, you know, uh, I I need to, uh, I have other friends who have kids now, and I really need to curse them with noise-making gifts. Mm. to be Like, hey, uh, your kids are going to love this. I'm torturing you <laughs> with this gift.
1: Gift. lots uh, of uh, singing greeting cards would help uh,
0: when I worked at the AMC movie theater and the blockbuster there wasn't a thing you had like a you know to buy that would make noise all the time but it was just there is an endless cycle of the vhs that was advertising things like i could just mark the time at the amc theater if i heard a song i knew like oh 40 minutes have passed okay mm. i just need to hear that song three more times counting the hours down somewhere. of your yeah. life <laughs> yep uh, what what a great way to spend my 20s uh.
1: so up next we have uh, Bart the daredevil And Thad Komarowski says, This is indeed a hook episode of the series. Maybe the most so the one that caught a lot of us as youngins and and kept us hooked it's a powerful visually directed episode that skewers pathos for that horrific hilarious ending seeing this is definitely one of my earliest Simpsons memories and besides Homer's fall Otto's commentary at the gorge stuck with me I mean that dead body observation what the absolute fuck Otto <laughs>
0: you know he didn't dive into that enough but hearing that Otto casually thinks like but a dead body down there and don't no ever find it that's him kind of uh, like bragging like you know not that I would <laughs>
1: but bet that's tr-
0: but those metal uh, heads
1: are always thinking about death right <laughs>
0: that's true and thad yeah i, I saw that thad had a lot of great comments this month he he mentioned in general like this is getting him to re-examine we all look down on season two but like season two has some of these amazing visual moments like the animators were really figuring stuff out at this point and even if an episode maybe doesn't have as many great jokes or gets a little too schmaltzy or whatever the animation never falters in Mm -hmm. season two yeah also joe hodgson said about that same episode i did like the question that arose during the conversation about what was everyone's first encounter with the word ass in pop culture i definitely heard it in movies before seeing it on tv we We came we saw we kicked its ass from Ghostbusters, but The Simpsons could very well have been the first time I heard it uh, said on television. I'm fairly sure it was the first time I heard it in something I felt was explicitly made for me, which is how I felt about basically every cartoon. When I was a kid, I can remember a similar thrill in hearing it on the Simpsons when buzz says it in home alone, which I would have heard not long after seeing this episode for the first time. I can also remember some of my aunt suggesting my mom will not let my sister and I watch home alone because of that specific scene, which is amusing to me because that same aunt had a neighbor who broke her arm imitating Kevin's ride down the stairs in his toboggan. Only she used the laundry basket. Kevin truly was the
1: original Jack. He was. Yeah. I mean, I never tried any Kevin McAllister stunts. So I didn't have a giant house Yes,
0: yeah, <laughs> to ride around him. Uh, you you didn't have dozens of micro-machines, Bob, no. to trip up your parents. <laughs> I didn't have a spider either. <laughs> but definitely, if you watched Home Alone as a, as a little kid, you thought, this is how I, I have to plan for when the robbers come into <laughs> (laughs) my house the robbers are coming it
1: was the castle (laughs) doctrine movie of the 90s (laughs) that we didn't know we needed Up next, we have comments for what a cartoon. First up is Shrek, and you know what? I'm now kinder to Shrek. Uh, I feel like Cool World will haunt me for the rest of my life. It's already been a hard quarantine. I have not seen my wife in almost five months. But seeing Cool World after all that time has passed just makes me realize, boy, uh, life is short, yeah. and it's too short for Cool World. But now I think, like uh, Shrek, I was upset because Shrek was like, "Well, this is a placeholder for a joke. But write a joke." And then I watched the movie without even placeholders for jokes. Yeah.
0: Well, Cool World doesn't have jokes. No. It well, has like two jokes.
1: We'll get to Cool World next month. But yes. I'm, I'm just wanting to let you know. <laughs> I think Shrek is much better now that I've seen Cool World. So, uh, Bear Witness says, I know I enjoyed this movie the first time I saw it, but I basically ruined it for myself almost an instantly after it came out. It was last week of the school year, and I had acquired a VCD bootleg of the new in theaters set movie Shrek. Unfortunately, Shrek's runtime was slightly shorter than the extra-long block-scheduled periods that made up my school day, and we had nothing to do in any of my classes, so every period, someone would make it known that I had the bootleg, and we would inevitably end up watching the damn thing from start to finish. I watched Shrek 8 times over the course of two days before the bootleg ended up tragically quote unquote lost. <laughs> I went from liking it to being utterly sick of everything about it literally overnight, and it took me years to willingly sit down with it again. I still think it's a little bit better than you guys do, but I'm here to say that the short lived boost in popularity I got from being the Shrek haver was not worth the pain of living <laughs> through total Shrek immersion. Uh
0: man, that it, it didn't last for long. I don't I I don't know how the kids can share that these days, but that feeling of like I have a bootleg of a popular movie with your friends like you're the source of the bootleg that is a rush of thrill some of the time i remember
1: coming home at some point in the summer of 1999 that was the summer of the phantom menace obviously and going down to the basement to where the computer was my stepdad was watching a bootleg of the phantom menace (laughs) on the computer with like subtitles from some other language i forget what it was i was like how did my stepdad get this but (laughs) i guess it was some guy at work but i was like wow he's pretty savvy that
0: makes sense yeah it'd be the the probably the it guy it is the Office. It's like, hey, I got a copy like you. And he worked at a this? steel factory. Oh, there was sorry. no office. No. There was no IT guy. I'm sorry. Your dad was a working man. Yeah. My, my dad was an office drone. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sure there was an IT guy, but nah. still.
0: Uh, also, we have another fun story of overexposure to Shrek, and that's from Elijah Elliott saying, just wanted to share my Shrek horror story. I went to a sleepover, and my friend can't sleep in silence. So he excitedly popped in his new Shrek DVD for us to watch as we drifted into. To dreamland but once the film ended it goes back to the menu where donkey is jumping up oh. and down yelling pick me pick me because so, i'm a nice friend and i knew if i turned off the dvd it would wake him up i suffered through that menu on repeat all night long that menu has haunted burned in my brain i hope others have similar moments of that awful Ugh. awful menu
1: it just reminds me of the uh, pain of dvd menus the in dvd general. menus that are awful and also <laughs> the early 2000s <laughs> were my earliest drinking years you know drinking way too much not knowing how much i could drink uh, you know, drinking with friends, like crashing at a house, watching a movie, the movie's over. And then for the rest of the night, the DVD menu is just on. Everyone is drunk or passed out. You woke up, you wake up hungover. And that menu is the worst thing you could ever uh, hear in your life.
0: Even, oh God, yes, the, the wake up of like the Roxbury theme going or whatever that, no, yeah. that do-do-do-do-do-do-do Austin Powers. And you have like cotton
1: mouth and your uh, head is pounding and you just want to throw the TV through a window. You're
0: like, what am I doing with my life? Uh, here, I pulled up the uh, the Shrek DVD Yay. menu here oh. So that sort of cycles for about a minute of just him
1: going, me, me, pick me. I love, like, uh, DVD menus are so fun. And uh, a lot of them are on YouTube, like you just displayed. I, I love slash hate the ones that are like, solve this puzzle to watch the movie. Oh, like, yes. no, shut up.
0: Uh, every time I have to pull up the season two Simpsons DVDs to hear the commentary, it's like, I get it, guys. I get it. I,
1: this is all very uh, clever.
0: But yeah, I mean, the, that Shrek DVD at the time seeing an original animation of the characters mm-hmm. made just for a DVD menu that felt special it did yeah and now it feels special again because nobody spends that kind of money on a DVD menu
1: and now we have a comment uh, for X-Men Evolution Operation Rebirth the episode about Wolverine and I get to read the Nina comment Nina Matsumoto my wife says actually I feel nothing about Marrow. I've never seen her in anything other than the one of the games uh, when Bob said there was a character in this show which I've never seen that grows bones I asked oh is that marrow?" I just know of her and remember fans didn't like her because she's a Wolverine ripoff apparently I'm not thinking of X-23 because people actually liked her and then Nina has a few other points in that a bear midriffs are back in style right now and also Nightcrawler's voice actor graduated from the same high school as me therefore I have to defend his honor he's more famous for doing the English dub uh, for light and death note and Henry may know him as Clash in Gundam Wing
0: <laughs> yes yeah no he's a he is a really good voice actor I know we we, we clowned on his german accent in uh, in x-men I- evolution but uh, and yeah i i can confirm for her that marrow got some crap for being a wolverine ripoff for sure in in the comic fandom in the mid-90s because there were eight million wolverine clones because wolverine was the biggest star in the 90s and so when wolverine gets his you know bone claws then they make up a new character they're like but what if it is a pink woman who can just grow bone claws everywhere mm. and she's covered in bones but but yeah, she's, she really speaks to the extreme 90s. But I think then, thanks to this show having the character Spike that everybody hated, it made people <laughs> like Mero more uh, for being like a real character from the comics instead of like a ripoff guy like Spike. Uh, Chris Dobson also said about the episode, I was a bit too old for this show, but I thought it was pretty cool how they picked the characters that were done relatively dirty in the 92 cartoon, Nightcrawler and Kitty Pride mostly and made a version of they all live in the mansion but also have a normal life somewhat interesting the idea of the brotherhood of evil mutants being the reggie to their archie worked out surprisingly well and it was the first time we saw a lot of relatively obscure characters on screen i'm sure a lot of it is age like milk to chase trends of the late 90s and early aughts but i'd be curious to see how it holds up today i give it another chance you know there's there's some flashes of great animation and also mm-hmm. yeah uh, like nina mentioned x 23 is hotter than ever now everybody loves her
1: I was surprised by how good that show looks
0: yeah it uh, I mean God most most Marvel things wish they look that good like you watch well take a look at that Guardian show that was on Disney and, uh, X-Men Evolution looks way better mm-hmm.
1: uh, up next we have Bullwinkle Rue Britannia in John Charles Holmes says I must admit the show's one major shortcoming is that it's full of time killers with credits bumpers and intros probably taking up half the time but honestly watching it on DVD helps a lot where you could very conveniently skip these bits in marathon watching. The show was on Netflix for some time where I did try watching it, only to find that not being able to easily skip around without chapter made it a total slog. After this one, I think I might buckle down and buy a complete DVD box set since the recent reprint of it seems to go for way, way less than the original box set did for some time. And You you have that, Henry, don't you? Yeah, I bought that $20 box set. $20? Like,
0: oh, all seven seasons for 20 bucks. God. Yeah, it's I... a
1: fire sale on DVDs. <laughs> it has been for the past, like, five years. Physical
0: media is about to entirely go away, so, you know, you can, if uh, it's the buyer's market right now if you unless it's fully out of print that it's not but uh, there's a big back catalog of them out there for you. companies
1: are now like wait a minute we sold things to people they could just watch them whenever they wanted forever <laughs> uh, we were stupid
0: we were fools we need to we got to sell these uh, for like a ticket to watch it once uh, also on the Rocky and bullwinkle mr neil says this was a genuinely great episode with your trademark exhaustive research and insightful commentary speaking of Rocky and bullwinkle's bad audio quality i can remember it being even worse when it aired in the 90s on on nickelodeon i distinctly remember hearing audio ghosting specifically when the audio was supposed to be silent you could hear the voice tracks from other episodes way Uh low in the mix and uh, henry here i remember that too it was really weird and distracting he continues this is a remnant of reused magnetic tape where unless you specifically did a few passes with the erase right head a tiny bit of magnetic charge would be left on the tape leaving the original recordings very subtly present not surprising j ward studios wouldn't have the time or resources to do it the right way so had to settle for good enough i always hope that the old muted remnants would have consisted of outtakes that could have somehow been savage though that would have been a herculean task realistically it was probably just other episodes before they got struck to film nowadays for the dvd they mix the remnant audio out and even re-recorded segments with sound voicing the narrator though i'm still more upset that they use new music for the bridging segments they did a literal hack job on the rebrand of the series eliminating animation to insert new text did they really think kids would be confused if they saw the title Rocky and his friends instead of Rocky and Bullwinkle and also he corrected a uh, misunderstanding I heard of a joke in the episode he says I'm sure you look this up but it's a lettuce gag, as ptomaine is a very old fashioned way of saying food poisoning. So that's why it's a joke. It's instead of romaine lettuce, it's ptomaine lettuce, meaning it causes food poisoning.
1: And it's from the, actually, this was in the famous song Hello Mutta Hello Fada. Right. If like, you right. remember, Leonard Skinner, he got ptomaine poisoning last night after dinner. Okay. So that's that's where that came from. So, well, no one says it anymore. Yeah. That's yeah. what ptomaine poisoning is. <laughs> I know I I like that song as a kid. I didn't know I didn't know what Ulysses was no, either. Yeah, I Alan uh, Sherman. No. This is uh,
0: again why somebody needs to do a Talking Simpsons for Rocky and Bullwinkle that explains every joke that you had to be alive in 1960 to understand. Lots of asbestos jokes. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, up next we have SpongeBob uh, Chocolate with nuts and I believe Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy five and uh, Jared Brackett says I always love when the show would get really weird and surreal and kind of dark. They were never afraid to take it hard in that direction, which is something I always appreciated about the show even as a kid stuff like SB 129 or dying for pie with that in mind rock bottom and graveyard ship are probably my two favorite personal episodes rock bottom is solid gold from front to back and graveyard ship is some of my favorite expressions in the entire series plus that ending shot from Nosferatu is so creepy and comes out of nowhere I really respect the nerve of them to know they were going to confuse every kid out there with that ending and go with it yes I think the show still has a lot of the edge that Rocco's modern life had that's oh, Bob, yeah. Bob speaking by the way
0: yeah yeah I mean it had it had that uh, they, it kind of lost over time but yeah, those those are both a lot of people. Because I said I thought chocolate was the greatest SpongeBob ever. Lots of people chimed in with their own, and that rock bottom one has another of my all-time favorite gags of. Uh, it's just a, a you know a classic Looney Tunes style series of jokes on one idea but the bit of Spongebob realizing that if he reaches for the candy bar that it makes the bus drive away when he slowly he can hear it move, uh, revving up as he moves his hand towards it and when he touches his finger on top of it he can make the horn beep like that's such a great joke j 723 says the first three seasons of spongebob are golden but season four is good too there are some bad episodes but for the most part it keeps the spirit of the first three seasons some good episodes from that season are fear of a Krabby patty selling out lost mattress have you seen this now and wishing you well for season five there are more bad episodes and the good episodes aren't as great as the first three seasons or even the best ones in four uh but there are good episodes to be had spongebob six is where i feel that the show became bad henry said that some close-up shots in uh, Spongebob aren't disgusting as they are in Ren and Stimpy. Well, they do get that disgusting in season six. The show itself just gets really disgusting too. When Vincent Waller became showrunner after the second Spongebob movie, the show started to get much That's interesting, better.
1: interesting because Vincent Waller a big Ren and Stimpy guy.
0: Yeah, maybe they still, they're like, yeah too gross. Uh, well, we have we went too close to Ren and Stimpy. I saw other another comment say that like multiple episodes just feel like a rejected Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> Huh. Pitch that they pulled out of the the closet.
1: <laughs> So up next, we have a recent episode, The Owl House, The Intruder. And Wungavu T. Dimp says, As a current SVA student myself, I can tell you firsthand that my peers respect Dana's work ethic and the show a whole bunch. My teacher even screened that senior year student film of hers in my first year. It's real inspiring seeing passionate storytellers like Dana thriving in the animation world like this. It makes me excited to see what my generation that's inspired by works like Owl House and Adventure Time end up making in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, if we ever get to make anything original in the future. Yeah, it seems uh, unlikely now calls back to your comments Henry it's like (laughs) is uh is Seth Rogen attached well then throw your dreams away
0: and of course it has to be exploiting an IP like I mean that was something attractive about Mitchell and the machines that it versus the machines that it actually was a new concept not based on anything yeah we
1: are like a day away from the announcement of like the Wonka prequel oh right which uh, Felix Biederman from Chapo Trap House predicted in a joke tweet from three years ago
0: (laughs) yeah specifically even (laughs) Timothy Chalamet like oh yeah That'd be him. Yeah. No, I, uh, but I do, I mean, I am inspired thinking of like, you know, five years from now, all the people who grew up on adventure time, Steven universe, like they, what do they get to make with, you know, also with the people who created those shows still getting to work in the industry with those new younger people and and go from being you know the mentor to to the the mentors uh, mentees the mentees to the The manatees yeah the the, well the the kohai to the senpai there you go that that makes sense to everybody (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh but yeah no uh then marcy furrer uh says the sentiment that people are okay with not liking harry potter anymore because of rowling's transphobia unfortunately isn't as prevalent as you two made it out to be some combination of bigotry and shitty taste in media is keeping that franchise and her career afloat. on a lighter note. It looks like Dana has returned to Twitter. She's been retweeting a lot of fan art in anticipation of season two. And yes, it's one of those things where two months pass in between the recording. And when I said that Dana had quit Twitter, she has since come back mm-hmm. to Twitter and they announced season two, though. She also said it wasn't just the pressure of, uh, the folks out there on Twitter that made her go away. It was that she was not happy with decisions Dana Disney was making and wanted to get away from Twitter because I guess, you know, if she's feeling she's losing control of her series, the last thing she wants to see on Twitter probably is people saying, why don't you do this on on owl house? Do this here. Like,
1: and also I don't know I don't think we're naive enough to think that people just have rejected JK Rowling resoundingly because I think uh, a lot of people either don't care or are transphobic themselves and also the brand is too strong to die because you were just a universal there was no nobody picketing they weren't closing down rides because of the creator's awful opinions
0: I couldn't believe I still was seeing adults in the Harry Potter robes. still I was like and I wasn't judging them really before I was like yeah I like I liked Harry Potter too I wouldn't I wouldn't walk around in those robes but then again i did i go well, straight to the big pink donut and then buy a Bort license plate yes i did do this according things. to yeah.
1: jk Rowling, you can just shit in that robe it'll go away
0: just goes away yeah <laughs> no i mean yes I was sad I was kind of sad of like why do people still love it that much like what haven't they seen she sucks but I guess you know I am very on Twitter and most people I follow on Twitter do say like well if I ever liked Harry Potter I'm done with that now but uh yes my trip to Universal really did show me people still love Harry Potter mm-hmm.
1: yes yeah so yeah that is it for this episode a few things up front or a few things up front at the back <laughs> I'm sorry we're now in The Talking Simpsons caboose join me in the caboose for drinks uh we are uh, reaching the end of talking of the hill so the last episode of that will go up the first week of june but also talking futurama reminder is now a monthly series so look forward to an episode of that very soon if you're on the patreon if you're on the free feed it's already happened you're missing it buddy and uh, anything else you need to cover henry
0: uh well and don't forget that uh, after june the uh the what a cartoon schedule will change and it'll just be two new episodes of that each month and then futurama will uh in july be in the uh sunday slots uh that the second episode of what a cartoon we have Mm -hmm. and don't forget to vote in the uh hunchback of notre dame the
1: yes no poll here's a hint the correct answer is yes yes yeah you have selected uh, no (laughs)
0: uh
1: but thank you so much for joining us folks see you next month for another episode of talk to the audience and we'll see you then Infotainment.